0: Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Friday, March 3rd. We are three days away from the start of 2023 Clemson spring football practice. And as I speak, well, not exactly as I speak, but today, putting a lot of work in with Paul Strilo on a lot of great weekend content analysis, position by position breakdowns, what things look like at the interior offensive line, at defensive back, at running back, and then, of course... That wide receiver position that certainly is going to need to be a lot better moving forward. So plenty of content coming your way this weekend at TigerIllustrated.com. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parms Smith & Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parms Smith & Archenhold call. 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com that's p-a-r-h-a-m law.com when you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business open the door to more with harris home and harris commercial their local experienced team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details harris handles every step of your renovation process whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clinton. University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service, integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business, taking Payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at celerocommerce.com. That's C E L E R O commerce.com. Okay, to our conversation with Jack Leggett. He was packing up to head from Greenville to Clemson for this week, the start of this weekend's big series against South Carolina. So many interesting layers to his return. To Clemson, and we explore just about all of it here. So enjoy. Yeah, I just wanted to to uh, uh, go over. A lot has happened since we last. Uh, you and I had Hi. an in-depth in conversation last May, and so just uh, catching up with you. You doing okay?
1: I'm doing good, Larry. Doing good. Yeah, need to need a W tonight. I feel a lot better.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, okay
1: Vitamin W is Vitamin always a good, good, uh, good potion for, uh, for feeling better, that's for sure
0: First of all, what is this like? You, <laughs> you're back, um, you're involved with the program, of course uh, Director of Program Development is your title um, <laughs> But still not running the show I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it has well, to be I- strange
1: it is. It is a little bit, you know, I'm just, I'm just uh, happy that uh, Graham Neff and, and Eric have welcomed me back and made me feel uh, important, relevant, and that my experience and and uh, knowledge of the game and all those kinds of things is important. And, and uh, I've got a great relationship with Eric. and I always have for 20 plus years and, and uh, we've been great friends and, you know, honestly i've i've tried to give him every single out not to not to be around uh because i want you know this is his team this is his uh you know program and and so forth and but he wants me around and seems to be adamant about it and uh i feel like i'm able to lend something to the players and lend something to the coaches and and lend something with my experience and everything in, in some way but um you know, I'm I'm there really on a part time basis, where I can, I can get down there a few times a week, and he wants me there for every home game, so that's what I uh, what I've been doing. And uh, also was down there three or four times a week during the fall. And um, but you know, in in this role, you know, you have certain limitations NCAA limitations, and we've had meetings with compliance and so forth to know exactly what I can and cannot do. And so that's the tough part for me is is not being able to uh, fun goes and throw b p and go out to the shortstop and you know work with the infielders and all that kind of thing so that that's tough it's like uh you know it's that that's not easy, but at the same time, I'm able to talk to the coaches and and observe practice and evaluate and those kinds of things and and help them in that way to help the players. And so anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's been good. I really have enjoyed being around. I enjoy being around young people. I enjoy being around enthusiasm. Eric's got a really good way about him with his players and with his staff. He's got a really good staff and, and, uh, just makes you feel young being around and, and, uh, you know, I love baseball. I love the game and I love coaching. I love teaching. I love, uh, mentoring or, giving a little tidbit here and there that helps the coaches or helps the players. And I can speak to the team and, and, uh, all, and, you know, makes observation observations during games to, to, to help, uh, you know, afterwards and all those kinds of things and evaluating games and so forth. So there's a lot of, a lot of things that I'm able to do. Um, but like you say, you know, I spent 40 years coaching, teaching the fundamentals and, and, and being, being involved in coaching third base and the whole deal. So it is a little bit different, but, um, I'm just, I'm just happy that they, that they see value in, in me being around.
0: You said you've given Eric every opportunity, every out, uh, opportunity, uh, in this situation. What do you mean by that?
1: I just mean that, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that he feels comfortable, uh, of me being around and me being at the games. And he's made it very, uh, apparent that he wants me, you know, uh, near him next to him in the dugout and. And talking with him and uh, and uh, being around, and so I just I wanted to make sure that this wasn't something that um, he felt obligated to do or felt um, you know pressured to do in any way. So that's that's what I meant by that. Is I just wanted to make sure this is this is something exactly uh, that fits into his plan for the program and and uh, and that I fit in there in, in that role. And so that's exactly what I meant by
0: that. When we talked at length last May, I didn't go back and listen to that, so I'm just going off my recollections. This was, of course, uh, as the season was still in progress under what ended up being Monty Lee's final season. Um, But at at that moment, you were very um, bitter about how things had been handled under Graham Neff's predecessor, Uh, Dan Radakovich. And at that point, you know, you're just, your position was like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be around for 50 more years. You know, when, when are they going to do something, you know, to recognize uh, not just my accomplishments, but, but the program's accomplishments under me. At what point can we go over a timeline of, of, and and I know at that time that Graham had been planning to, Uh, to visit with you and to smooth things over. Your recollection of the timeline from that point, just to catch everybody up and just to sort of refresh on
1: from that. Yeah. I I don't know if I'd use the word bitter. I guess I just was, you know, it just, it just wasn't Clemson the way it ended. So uh, that's always, you know, sat in my, in my craw a little bit Um, because I know what Clemson's all about. I know how that they appreciate good work and I know that they appreciate people who work hard and, and run a good program. So it just was a little different than, than what I uh, had expected out of Clemson at that time. And so it was uh, hurtful for a while. But, um, you know, the timeline from there was, you know, I think just, you know, Graham, um, after he became the athletic director um, and after he made the decision what he was going to do with the program you know, just, you know, we talked and uh, it was, it was nice for him to be able to include me and, and, uh, you know, we just had a really good talk about um, him wanting to try to do something to recognize, you know, the, the times that we had here. But other than that, um, you know, it just was one of those things that, you know, the athletic director makes decisions and they're not always easy. They're not always, um you know, exactly what everybody else wants or not exactly the time people want. So it's a tough job, but uh, I respect, um, you know, what he's done. I think he's brought in a really good leader for this program and Eric. And, you know, I I certainly respect the fact that he's, he's welcomed me back and appreciated my, um, you know, input or my, uh, you know, my experience and, uh, and the fact that we, you know, uh, our legacy or our tradition that we've, that we built along the way. And and that's something that, uh, you know, that I'm appreciative of. So hopefully, hopefully that will continue. And hopefully, you know, um, everyone will see in time that this is, this is the right decision and and the right leader for the program. Eric's a fantastic person, a fantastic coach. And it's going to take a little, Time to get it exactly the way he wants it, but it's going to be uh, something I think everybody's going to be proud of.
0: I know you live in Greenville. Did Graham actually come to Greenville to visit with you, or was it over the phone initially back in, I guess, in May or somewhere thereabouts?
1: Uh, we talked, you know, we got together and, and uh, you know, asked to meet and we, we talked and we had a great conversation. We talked for quite a while and um, just trying to figure out maybe after he made a decision what the next steps were. And, um, we talked about some people that, that might be able to do the job and, you know, in my estimation, um, you know, and, and for whatever it was worth, I just gave him my opinion. And, but he's the athletic director. He's going to make his own decisions. And I know he vetted everybody. He talked to several people. He talked to a lot more people than just me, uh, in coming up with, with Eric and, uh, we had a great reputation throughout the country and throughout Division 1 baseball and other coaches and so forth and so it it uh it was a decision based on um his due diligence and and his being able to to find out as much as they could about the about the people that were available and so um you know I re- he kept me involved in the loop and and what was going on and those kinds of things which was really nice but at the same time um, it was you know okay it comes down to his decision it comes down to his feeling comfortable with the the leader of the baseball program and and I think they hit it off really well.
0: I remember years ago long time ago um going into Jervy and popping my head into that assistant baseball assistant coach's office and talking to Sully and lacroix and I wasn't around early enough where when um Corbin and Sully and Eric were all in the same office but it's hard to describe how small that office was and how much things (laughs) have changed since then but that's pretty Mm -hmm. amazing to think back on at the level of uh (laughs) the level of achievement that was that was toiling away in that little uh that little office there
1: well that was it was 2002 and you know we had a really good staff and we had really good players and you know, we had good chemistry and we had a really good, uh, tradition thing going on. We'd been in Omaha in 2000, you know, 95, 96, 2000 now, 2002. And then, you know, a few years later in 2006 and we, we had something going really well. And, and, uh, that staff was really, had really good chemistry. There was a lot of competitive juices in one office. <laughs> and, uh, really it was one of those things where, um, you know, I could see Eric uh, having a great future in coaching. Obviously, I knew Tim and and Sully were off, going to be off on their uh, on their way at some point. And uh, so, um, to be able to follow Eric's progress from there and over to Vanderbilt and then to Maryland, where we played against each other, and then up into Michigan and, and watch how well he did up there, it, it was uh it was not um, a shock to see you know, what kind of coach he has become and what kind of person he is and, and how organized and how competitive and, and how hardworking he is. It, you know, I, I saw those things 22 years ago.
0: So, Eric, gets the job. I assume mm-hmm. it, it takes some considerable, you know, figuring and talking about, you know, figuring out how, what exactly your job is going to entail. How, how, what was that like, just sort of defining what, what exactly it was going to be?
1: Well, I think, you know, right at his press conference, you know, he made it apparent in front of everybody that he wanted to be involved in some capacity.
2: He's an unbelievable resource and he's a great friend and he's a great mentor and he's been a great mentor uh, ever since I worked for him 20 years ago. And my answer to that is we have to have Coach Leggett involved in this program and around our players and the energy that he brings and whatever capacity that is and whatever title that is, I don't know, but I just know. The program will be better with, with his energy involved. He's made
1: it very uh, apparent that he wants me, you know, uh, near him, next to him in the dugout and, and talking with him and, uh, and uh, being around. And so I just I wanted to make sure that this wasn't something that um, he felt obligated to do or felt, um, you know, pressured to do in any way. So that's that's what I meant by that. Is I just want to make sure this is this is something exactly uh, that fits into his plan for the program, and and uh, and that I fit in there in, in that role. And so that's exactly what I meant by that.
0: When we talked at length last May, I didn't go back and listen to that, so I'm just going on, off my recollections. This was, of course, uh, as the season was still in progress under what ended up being Monty Lee's final season, um, but at at that moment you were very um bitter about how things had been handled under Graham Neff's predecessor, uh, Dan Radakovich. And at that point, you know, you're just your position was like, you know, I, I I'm not gonna be around for fifty more years. You know, when when are they gonna do something you know, to recognize uh, not just my accomplishments, but but the program's accomplishments under me. At what point can we go over a timeline of, of and, I, and I know at that time that Graham had been planning to uh, to visit with you and to smooth things over. Your recollection of the timeline from that point, just to catch everybody up and just to sort of refresh on from but that. I
1: just, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd use the word, bitter I guess I just was you know it just it just wasn't Clemson the way it ended so uh, that's always you know sat in my in my craw a little bit um because I know what Clemson's all about I know how that they appreciate good work and I know that they appreciate people who work hard and and run a good programs. so it, it just was a little different than than what I uh had expected out of Clemson at that time and so it was uh hurtful for a while but um you know the timeline from there was, you know, I think just, you know, Graham, um, after he became the athletic director, um, and after he made the decision what he was going to do with the program, you know, just, you know, we talked, and uh, it was it was nice for him to be able to include me, and and uh, you know, we just had a really good talk about um, him wanting to try to do something to recognize you know, the the times that we had here, but other than that, um, you know, it just was one of those things you know, the athletic director makes decisions and they're not always easy. They're not always um, exactly what everybody else wants or not exactly the time people want. So it's a tough job, but I I respect, um, you know, what he's done. I think he's brought in a really good leader for this program and Eric and, you know, I, I, Certainly respect the fact that he's he's welcomed me back and appreciated my um, you know input or my uh, you know my experience and uh, and the fact that we you know uh, our legacy or our tradition that we that we built along the way and, and that's something that uh, you know that I'm appreciative of. So hopefully, hopefully that will continue and hopefully you know um, everyone will see in time that. This is this is the right decision and, and, and the right leader for the program. Eric's a fantastic person a fantastic coach and it's gonna take a little little time to get it exactly the way he wants it, but it's gonna be uh something I think everybody's gonna be proud of.
0: I know you live in Greenville. Did Graham actually come to Greenville to visit with you or was it over the phone initially back in I guess in May or somewhere thereabouts?
1: Uh, we talked, you know, we got together and and uh you know, asked to meet and we, we talked and we had a great conversation. We talked for quite a while and um, just trying to figure out maybe after he made a decision, what the next steps were. And um, we talked about some people that, that might be able to do the job. And, you know, in my estimation, um, you know, and, and for whatever it's worth, I just gave him my opinion. And, but he's the athletic director. He's going to make his own decisions. And, I know he vetted everybody. He talked to several people. He talked to a lot more people than just me uh, in coming up with, with Eric. And uh, he had a great reputation throughout the country and throughout Division One baseball and other coaches and so forth. And so it it uh, it was a decision based on um, his due diligence and, and his being able to to find out as much as they could about the, about the people that were available. And so, um, you know, I he kept me involved in the loop and, and what was going on and those kinds of things, which was really nice. But at the same time, um, it was, you know, okay. It comes down to his decision, comes down to his feeling comfortable with the the leader of the baseball program. And and I think they hit it off really well.
0: I remember years ago, long time ago, um, going into Jervy and, popping my head into that assistant baseball assistant coach's office and talking to Sully and LaCroix and I wasn't around early enough where when um, Corbin and Sully and Eric were all in the same office but it's hard to describe how small that office was and how much things have changed since then
2: Sure, Well, I think it was the recognition of how lucky I was to be surrounded by Coach Leggett, Coach Corbin, Coach O'Sullivan and then that team Of superstar players of of that type of success to you know your first year coaching it's like oh yeah we'll just win 54 games and be number one in the country and go to Omaha that's just how you do it and uh you know so for me it was a lot of times drinking from the fire hose and being a sponge and taking it all in but uh I just I just am will forever be thankful and grateful for not only being on staff with those guys but the fact that Coach Corbin, Coach O'Sullivan, and myself shared a single office uh, every single day. And you want to talk about accelerating the learning curve, that was it. So it's, it's all of those things fortified by our team's success and still maintaining contact and relationships with those guys.
0: But that's pretty mm-hmm. amazing to think back on at the level of uh, – <laughs> the level of achievement that was, that was toiling away in that little, uh, that little office there.
1: Well, that was a, it was 2002 and, you know, we had a really good staff and we had really good players and, you know, we had good chemistry and we had a really good uh, tradition thing going on. We'd been in Omaha in 2000, you know, 95, 96, 2000, now 2002. And then, you know, a few years later in 2006 and tense, we, we had something going really well. And, and, uh, that staff was really, had really good chemistry. There was a lot of competitive juices in one office. <laughs> and, uh, really it was one of those things where, um, you know, I could see Eric, uh, having a great future in coaching. Obviously I knew Tim and, and Sully who were off, going to be off on their, uh, on their way at some point. And, uh, so, um, to be able to follow Eric's progress from there and over to Vanderbilt and then to Maryland, where we played against each other, and then up into Michigan and and watch how well he did up there, it, it was uh it was not um, a shock to see you know what kind of coach he has become and what kind of person he is and and how organized and how competitive and and how hardworking he is. It, you know, I, I saw those things twenty two years ago.
0: So Eric gets the job. I assume mm-hmm. it, it takes some considerable, you know, figuring and talking about, you know, figuring out how what exactly your job is going to entail. How, how, what was that like, just sort of defining what, what exactly it was going to be?
1: Well, I think, you know, right at his press conference, you know, he made it apparent in front of everybody that he wanted to be involved in some capacity. And then it's just a matter, I guess, of finding out. Uh, and, of course, we had talked about things before that, but um, he was adamant at that point. And, and so um, I think it was just trying to find the right title, the right right uh, role for me that would help the coaches, um, help the players, um, you know, that wouldn't involve, you know. Uh, and, of course, we had meetings with compliance and trying to figure out exactly what you can and cannot do and, and so forth so we're all... Uh, in compliance with the rules and so forth, and so that was uh that was a good meeting and that that kind of opened our eyes to what we could do and and I think we just figured out at that point uh my best role would be able to help the coaches, be able to evaluate practice, be able to evaluate games, be able to be at games at home games. I wasn't going to travel with the team all the time um you know home games and post season type things, and it would be would be good. And then, uh, you know, practices when I could, could make them. Um, and, uh, I would come, I live an hour from Clemson. So, you know, it wasn't the easiest thing to be there all the time. And, and all that I told the players and told the coaches is that I can't be here a hundred percent of the time, but when I am here, you will have 100% of me. And because I'm all in on the program, I'm all in on Eric being the coach and the leader of this program. I'm all in on Clemson I'm all in on hoping and and helping sorry helping this program in any way that I possibly can get back where I think it can be and where you know the expectations are and so um you know to be a mentor to the players they gravitate to you they they want to know what your experience is they want to know some stories they want to know about your former players or what made the teams good. They want to know little tidbits about, you know, what they can do to get better and, you know, mentally and all those types of things. And so, um, you know, without being able to get on the field, inside the lines, getting down and dirty with them or in the cages, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, uh, you know, you have to just do do things to help them in a different role. Kind of like, I guess, what he does with football and, you know, what anybody else would do in that that role um, to help mentor the coaches and players and and help the program in any way they can. So um, that's kind of how it all evolved is, is, okay, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. So this is how, you know, we can help and and be supportive to the program and its goals.
0: Jack, you are a coach. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you want to coach. I know you do. It's just in your blood. And so right. Right. I, I'm guessing, well, I guess I have to ask, I mean, initially did you come into it thinking, Oh, I'm going to be able to coach. And then you had to basically be told otherwise, just because that's not within the rules. Is that,
1: no, that's not, no, hasn't I, been... no I, I knew, I knew early you weren't going to be able to, you know, get involved as I normally am or as, as I, as I love. But, um, So I knew that. I knew that coming in and I I knew, you know, it just involves so much time and effort and living where I live. It's tough to get there all the time. So I knew that the role was going to be similar to what it is right now. So that's, that's, that's not surprising to me. And, and it's actually works really well into my mindset. Um, I just love being around players. I love being around coaches. I love, you know, seeing everything that happens on the field. I love being able to give some advice on this or that, or, you know, insights to this or that. And, uh, you know, I I love, you know, uh, encouraging, motivating, um, you know, those types of things. And so um, I, I don't think I'm not disappointed in exactly in what this role is. I'm not disappointed in it being different than what I thought. It's exactly you know, pretty much what I thought was going to, how it was going to work out.
0: What specifically can't you do? Like you talk about, you have a desire to, you know, be between the lines. You can't be, you can't be between the lines. What does that mean? You like actually well, cannot well, physically you know, be out I don't there?
1: Know. I'm not, no, I'm not sure that that's exactly what it, what I can't do is I can't, you know, coach and I can't go out on the field and, you know, work with a player out on the field. I can't even hit a fungo or throw batting practice and that kind of thing. Um, so that's, you know, basically what I cannot do other than that. I think I can, you know, I can talk to the players, talk to the coaches, talk to the team, Yeah, you know, give them my insights, you know, off the field and mentally and, and, uh, with practice, you know, organization or, um, Games, uh, evaluate those, and and being involved in both, all the meetings, I can do all of that, but it just you have to stop stop when it comes to going out on the field and absolutely actually coaching and running a a drill or running a you know uh, cut offs and relays or pop up priorities or first and third defense or you know you just can't I can see these things and I can see how they go. And if I have any suggestions to the coaches, uh, off the field or whatever, or, you know, behind the scenes, I can, I can do that, but you just can't get involved out there. It's a really, it's really a lousy rule because there's so many, you know, there's, baseball has always been underfunded. It's been under scholarship. It's been under, you know, coach numbers. It's, it's, it's just the way it's been for, you know, as long as I've been coaching and, so unfortunately, um you know that's just the way it is for now. Maybe someday they'll allow all the staff members or whatever to be able to coach and and get involved on in the field which which I think would be which I think would be a great idea if the n c a a could ever come up with that, but you know for the time being, that's just not the way it is.
0: John Blau of the Post and Courier recently interviewed you and had a really good story. He quoted you saying. It's like holding a stallion back in the stall an eight by eight stall after a long winter and I'm kicking the <laughs> I'm kicking the sideboards <laughs> <It's>,
1: <laughs> I haven't seen the article that he wrote, but I did say that and I <laughs> do it does feel like that is a pretty good analogy. I just uh, there's so much that I have in my mind and to offer and that I see on the field and seeing these players and so forth There's so much. And, and it's, uh, it's hard to hold it back. Um, you just have to channel it in a different way. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, that's an accurate, it's probably an accurate, accurate picture description of how I feel sometimes just because that's how I am. You know, I spent 40 years, you know, being in charge and, and running practices and running games and coaching third base and all those types of things and and talking to the team after, before, in dugout, in the locker room, on the, on the bus, on the field, after games, before games, all that kind of thing. So it's, you know, it's it it's a different adjustment for me. And, you know, I although, um, you know, <laughs> my mind is – and it's sharp, my energy's as good as it's ever been my I feel like i'm thirty five years old. It's as simple as that. I don't know how else to describe it and it's just one of those things and so i i don't I don't feel my age and I don't feel like i mean i, I coach the u s a national team at eighteen and under kids that I got along with great and there's there's a you know there's a fifty year difference between the two of us and but we were just as close just as uh the chemistry was awesome uh they stay in touch they appreciate what they learned uh had just they, they would tell me many times coach how do you where is this energy coming from we can't even keep up with you and they're 18 17 18 year old kids so i i it's still in my blood so it's not it's not like i'm uh you know Run on the way out to pasture anywhere. As
0: simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> to to continue the horse analogy.
1: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I remember
0: years ago, uh, uh, covering a you know a, a random game that y'all would lose, and the media would be standing on one side of the dugout waiting on you to be ready to talk, and you would sometimes you would just sit there by yourself just stewing for. 20, 20 or thirty minutes before, before you're ready to talk to us, it's obviously when you're when you're running the show, when you're the head coach. Uh, sometimes it's impossible to turn off, to compartmentalize, to leave your work at work. Mm-hmm. Is being a part timer? Is there some positive in in that? In in that, it's not all on your shoulders, and that you might actually be learning how to to channel the quote-unquote obsession with it where you might be able to leave it at work or are, is that not true uh, when you come home you just can't stop thinking about it just as always
1: yeah that's a really good question because uh, I'm I'm totally invested in this program because uh, uh, Eric Backage uh, I love Eric and I love this program I want it to succeed um, I feel like it's got the right leadership I feel like it's got the right you know, people involved, I think they're doing the right things. I listen to everything that's going on. I, I learn, I, I see things, I see them in the classroom. I see them, how he talks to them before, after in tough situations in good situations. I, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm totally invested. So, um, it's a little different when you're not the head coach, but I still, you know, if things don't go well, oh I still think about it, I got an hour drive. I think about it. I got, Eight hours in bed, I think about it. I got another eight hours the next day to think about it. I'm always thinking about how, you know, things, how we can do better or how that we did well. Um, you know, yeah, it's on my mind. I think about baseball all the time, Larry. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to shut off. Um, I will say is probably got a little better balance now because I'm not the head coach, but at the same time, I am so uh, invested uh, you know the success of this program and wanted to get back to you know the times that we had we had some good times you know it's not easy to go to nine super regionals and go to six college world series I think people are realizing that so it's it's one of those things that um, you know you want to get back to postseason you want to get back to be being relevant to 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 show how much your hard work uh, pays off and so those types of things so um, that's a really good question, but the answer is probably not exactly what you want to hear. Because I, it's hard for me to leave it at the ballpark. It's hard for me to leave it behind because I I care so much about these guys, these coaches, and this program, these players being successful. That it's you know it, it hurts to lose, and it's uh, exciting to win. And so um, that's I always said it was hard to it was hard to uh, sleep during the season because if you lost, you found the pillow a little bit and you rehashed the game and you, you know, you think about what you got to do to get better. You think about all the little things that maybe you could have done better in the game or whatever, all the little things. And then, so you don't sleep much, but then if you win, you're so excited and you're so happy with how you played and, and you're rehashing the game in your mind in a real positive vein and you can't wait to get to the field the next day. So you're hoping the night, you know, you're hoping that eight hours becomes about four because you want to get back to the field again. So it's a hard, it's a hard balance, it's a hard balance being a coach. And so I still feel like, um, in my mind, I still feel like I'm coaching. I'm just coaching in a different way and I'm teaching in a different way and I'm helping in a, helping in a different way. And so, um, you know, I guess the, the bottom line answer is that yes, it still is great to win. And yes, it still hurts to lose, but yes, I, you take it home with you. yes, you think about it all the time.
0: In the midst of some scuffles here, uh, early in the mm-hmm. season, four straight losses. What's your average nightly, uh, sleep total this week? <laughs> uh,
1: not so good because I just, I want to get back out of the field. I want to, I want to see a W and I want to see them get back uh, on track. I think uh, the team is certainly capable of becoming a really good team. I just got to piece the puzzle together and always said it takes 15, 18, 20 games to get, you know, find everybody's role and find what everybody can do. And, you know, they played a little good competition. Uh, Central Florida was a good team and, And uh, USC Upstate just you know outplayed them you know, but at the same time, uh, we had uh, opportunities, and so in every game we've had opportunities to win. So that's you know that's the encouraging part of it. And I, as a coach, know that uh, it's a long season and it's a marathon, and you know you can't panic and got to keep even keel and all those types of things. Yeah, I mean everyone wants to win every game, but it just doesn't happen in baseball. And uh, so I know as a coach that things are going to get better and and uh, things are going to fit into place and you know it's going to take a little while to make it all work the way they want to work and they want it to work but at the same time I see really positive things I see really good things ahead um, but obviously you want to try to score you know every game want to score one more run than the other than the other guys have so. Um, you know, it's just you think about it all the time, and I'm thinking about it today. I'm thinking about tonight's game. I'm thinking about, you know, what what we have to do to win.
0: If you're in the eastern Midlands and PD area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home, want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union. If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson Market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart Neighborhood Market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm, Smith & Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced, professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-350. Zero seven. As as Eric took over, as both of you sort of diagnose the program, the talent on hand, all that stuff, every facet of it, and, and certainly you had watched them from a distance previous um, to to coming back. What's your big picture sort of summary of where things are in terms of talent on hand, and not like right now, but at, at that juncture last summer, and just what's your what's your what was your take? on the program itself
1: well i see i see really good things the the staff now works extremely hard there are some good players left over there's some uh areas where there's concern or it has got to get better um but at the same time i think once they piece all the pitching together and get everybody's healthy you know there's two or three guys that are banged up right now then that's not That happens every year, but you don't like to have it happen right now. You don't want it to happen at the end of the season, but you don't want it to happen at any time because it it doesn't allow you to get exactly in the flow that you want. So once they figure out all the roles, the pitching roles, um, get a little more, get a few more timely hits. uh, They're playing, uh, I think, really good defense offensively, I mean uh, defensively in the infield and and, uh, any mistakes they've made you know, uh, one mistake has led to three or four runs. They've, they've, you know, we've given up uh, some some big innings here and there, and that is that that is not conducive to coming away with a win at the end of the day. So um, I I see that the uh, coaches are really working hard at recruiting, and they've got some really good kids coming in, uh, nailed down to come in. There's some good kids, young kids in the program right now that I think are going to develop and get better. And so I see it as a positive way. I think that they're, you know, they're, they're approach at approaching the plate, even though they haven't got the, a couple of big hits that they need to get here and there, there's less, there's less striking out. There's more putting balls in play. Um, it's just got to be, um, you know, I, I think there's, there's just a better approach in some ways there. And so hopefully, uh, that transcends into more W's before it's all over. I, I'm sure it will. I feel, good about it. I feel good about, you know, the leadership that's in the program. I, I, I absolutely, you know, think they got the right people in place to, to make this work. It's just, it just takes some time. Sometimes there's always a little transition and to, to things. And, and, uh, I think there's, you know, there's certain, um, I don't know how to say this, but I guess there's certain places on the field that just got to keep getting better. And, uh, and I think they see that and I think they see that in the future. You've got some good older 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 players that are good players that are playing right now and so you've got to be able to replace those in the future and and uh, have every confidence they will. This might
0: only interest me, but in describing your this this team, you're alternating between they and we.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wanna say we. Make it always we. Okay. But it's
0: kind of like maybe that's kind of indicative of just the it's kind of weird, I mean just, you're not you know' is this yeah. is, you're still getting used to it it sounds like
1: yeah it, it is a little bit of a difference, but it's you know it's always a we you know when you're involved so don't don't use the the day thing okay, Just use the are you still there I'm still here yeah yeah, yeah, am I bring off the hook here um I guess you know when I say. They, I'm talking about the players on the field. At times, you know, they, they've just got. When I say, you know, they got to do a little better job of, uh, you know, situational hitting. That's 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 what they have to do. Um, but it's always a we because if you do good things, we either win or we either lose. Simple, simple as that. So I guess it was, you know it can go back and forth. You know, it's not a not an indication of, of of a disconnect it's just a i guess just a, a term of um you know the, they all got to get better we all got to get better <laughs> so i guess i guess you can use both
0: sorry for that bit of uh, armchair psychoanalysis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um in the dugout how do you use your voice when it's not the voice? I mean, that's really kind of fascinating, too.
1: Um, Another good question, but, you know, he's – Eric's given me the, the green light to say anything I want to say at any time to the players or to the, you know, to the staff, whatever. So there's no, you know, I'm not walking on, you know, and treading on his water. He's got the final voice. He's the one that talks to him at the end. He's the one who talks to him at the beginning of the game, but I can put my two cents worth in here before the game or talk to kids and individually and, you know, give them a little bit of pep. Um, so there's no bumping into each other. He, I know what my role is. I know who who's in charge. And it's just, uh, it's one of those things that works really well. I think it'll work really well. And, you know, I don't know how long I'll, I'll do this or or how long you know this this lasts or whatever but while it does i'm going to give you 100 percent of what i have every time that i'm around and i'm going to give you my thoughts because that's why i'm here to, to try to help any way i possibly can
0: when you say i don't know how long this lasts what do you mean
1: well i don't know if i you know how many years i'll do this or how many how long i'll you know stay involved in this in this capacity it's just a matter of you know I, I'm gonna do this season and then evaluate it see where I'm at and see what uh, see where things are and help in any way I can I'll always be around I'll always be here I'll always be Eric's friend I'll always be a, somebody he can talk to all you know whether I'm in this role or not so I'm, I'm always going to be involved in in that capacity because I care um, I just you know I'm gonna take this season, see where it goes and, and see, you know, what my value is and, and, uh, and then just, you know, take it from there. That's all.
0: If you cross paths with Ray Tanner and Monty Lee tonight, what, what are those, what's that conversation like with those two guys? Uh,
1: I guess it doesn't really need to be a lot of conversation. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna, there's no, really running away from it. There's no, you know, I don't have anything, Against Monty, you know, uh, against Monty Lee or Ray Tanner or whatever, it's just it is it is what it is, you know. And so I'm, I wouldn't, uh, you know, if I'm not going to go out to lunch. But at the same time, you know, they're, you know, good people, and you know they're they got a job to do, and and we got a job to do.
0: I gotta I hate to dredge this up, but I kinda but I kinda have to based on our last conversation. I don't know if you came out and said it last May, but it didn't take a master of deductive reasoning to conclude that that you thought Dan Radakovich um consulted with Ray when he was trying to figure out what to do with you. And I can understand how that uh, would would bring a lot of heartburn and uh, in, 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 in you mm-hmm. um, can you reflect on that some um, just a, a little bit perhaps just because that was one of the yeah. the big takeaways from that conversation was wow did that really happen uh, and if it yeah. did man uh,
1: it happened I was told by him that it happened so I by Ray no by, by Dan by yeah, yeah. So that was a, it was made apparent. So I, you know, that's just it's probably as far as I want to take that because it just, uh, you know, it's kind of an uneasy, uneasy thing. But you know, that's just that's the truth.
0: Did you and Ray have any kind of relationship before that?
1: We always, I always thought we had a a really good relationship. You know, I mean, we we played hard, we competed hard, I competed when it was at NC State. You know, we had great games there, great great battles. We had great battles in Clemson, South Carolina. It was, they were hard fought. We both had teams that were relevant in the national picture and in Omaha and, and so forth. And so, I always felt like we had a, a good relationship. You know, it just was, I just never when this thing whole happened, I just never heard you know, I heard from hundreds of coaches and players I just never heard from. So I just assumed, you know, whatever. And uh so that was the that was disappointing, you know, but that's you know, everybody handles things in a different way.
0: So that episode definitely changed things as far as y'all's relationship went.
1: I would say it's it, it did. Uh, I guess on my part, just because you know, I would, I, I, I had good relationships with all the all the coaches that I coached against, and we had mutual respect. And and uh, you know, when something like this happens. I've you know I'm the first person to reach out to people that have, you know, that, that have lost their jobs, or things haven't gone right, or they have, you know, the team wasn't playing well, or something. That I, I, that's just something that I always did. So, I guess it's just the way I see. Um, you know, see things, but not everybody sees things the same way.
0: Some of the my more memorable sort of recollections of relationships sort of developed uh, between rivals who are trying to beat each other's brains in <laughs> on the field, but then they uh, they get together away from the field. Uh, Danny Ford and Joe Morrison back in the '80s. They would when Danny would would go down for an IPTA meeting in Columbia. He would stop. By Joe's office and they'd sit there and drink beer and just, just talk. Um, Dabo Mm -hmm. Sweeney and and Spurrier, like Spurrier would do everything to get under Dabo's skin, but then Spurrier would call him and say, (laughs) he'd say, yeah, "Yeah, y'all are the better team. I don't know how we won that game. We just, y'all just turned the ball over too much. Spurrier even invited Dabo and Kathleen to his hall of fame, college hall of fame induction dinner. In Mm -hmm. New York, um, Dabo and Spurry, I'm I'm sorry, uh, Shane Beamer, very immense respect for the other that's probably going to endure beyond their competition. So I guess there will probably never be anything like that between, between you and Ray.
1: I don't know. I don't have respect for Ray and I, you know, respect for the program and, and all those types of things. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way, but it's probably not, um, you know I mean his wife was uh, Karen was always very nice and always came over and spoke to me and everything so i I guess I just thought maybe uh there would be some kind of uh, you know uh I don't know just i just thought maybe there'd be some kind of um acknowledgement that we had a lot of a lot of good battles along the way and that there was some mutual respect.
0: haven't spoken to him since? Have not. Wow. Eric says that this program has everything it needs to to flourish. Not not on the field, but some some of the things that you and I talked about years ago: academic, common market, uh, the need based aid that really allowed uh, programs like Vanderbilt, Virginia, and others to flourish. Do you have a sense of where Clemson is in that respect and whether that is, whether those are still pretty big disadvantages that, that maybe the commoner, the the layman doesn't really notice?
1: Um, I think you have to get, you know, get more uh, information from Eric. Uh, You know, I'm not as close to that as, as, as maybe I was when I was coaching, but you know, there's always, you know, with the NIL now, there's always a, a need and there's everybody's got something cooking. There's always a academic common market or a neighboring states thing, or, you know, there's all, everybody's got something going in baseball because baseball always been underfunded. It's always been lack of scholarships. It's always been, the rules have been made up to, to really not to make it flourish, you know, a number of kids on scholarship, number of kids on your roster, all those types of things. So um you know there's there's a lot of things now the transfer portal and and all those types of things that make it make it a difficult job it's not easy and so um i think there's you know anything that goes to help you know academic common market or goes to help with scholarships is is absolutely essential because you know baseball's basically very much underfunded with 11.7 scholarships and you got 35 guys in the roster or 40 now, I guess you can have. So it's, it's, uh, always been an underfed, you know, underfed sport as simple as that. And it just seems to, it seems to, uh, you know, make it difficult and, 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 uh, you know, I, I just – there's a lot of other schools that have advantages, that have things that, that uh, allow them to, um, you know, maybe have an advantage in recruiting at different times. But, you know, Clemson's got great facilities. They've got a great academic school. got a great location. They've got a great campus. They've got great tradition, um, you know. And uh, they've got coaches who know what they're doing, and they've got, you know – a heritage, uh an exposure that, that uh kids kids want to be a part of. So I I see a lot of really good things that are that are in place to recruit here.
0: I'll never forget leading into Monty's first season, they were practicing and I was out there, you were out there watching and you're looking up at the at the baseball operations facility that you had helped fundraise for. That you even contributed twenty five thousand dollars to, correct?
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh And that you had were not able to step foot in there. Kind of similar to Tommy Bowden and the the West End Zone uh, facility that that went up after he uh, after he was fired. What? Well, when was the first time you walked in there more recently? And what was that like? Just taking your first steps inside the facility that you helped conceive and fund.
1: I think, you know, when I went to the uh, press conference, Eric's press conference, I, I, I'm not sure if that wasn't the first time I'd been in there. And so um, it was eerie. It was eerie to walk down the third baseline. Uh, you know, when I came in for the press conference, it's really the first time I felt welcomed back in, you know, the the seven years. I mean, it just it's just the first time I've, I felt good walking down that line and uh and go to the press conference and i so um it's just nice to be the fans have always been great to me every time they you know see you or just glad to be back they tell you good things and make you feel well make you feel good and so that's always been good. I just you know um it's just nice to be welcomed back by the coaches and by the people to talk to the players and the team and and have them understand who you are. And I think that was, you know, kind of missing for for several years here. And so I, I just never felt all that welcome, all that good about coming back. And, you know, when the leadership changed, uh, you know, with the athletic director, things, you know, things changed. And uh, so I'm appreciative of that.
0: So you were coming back some early, I guess, in Monty's first year, coming to games, coming to some practices. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: went to practice i went to game a few games and there were games because i had a lot of players on the team that i was connected with that had, had been a whole uh, held over and uh, some of the coaches in the other dugout had coached with me you know tr one winthrop or somebody else guys maybe a, a conference coach that i i really got along with in the other dugout or you know, the players. And so I went to a few, the University of Maine was the first game weekend of my alma mater. And I knew the coach really well. And it was just, it was hard now. It was not easy. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I did it. I did a few like that. And, uh, and then since that time, I haven't been back. She's I I haven't, haven't been back there in five years to watch the game.
0: So there was just um, no connection well, that true. That... Yeah. Yeah. What was, Moving to Greenville, how much uh I guess therapy did that provide? Just not being in Clemson? Uh uh-huh.
1: uh, you know, it was tough. It's it, it was tough to be around. I just you know, I had so many good friends in the Athletic Department, so many good friends and so that was you know, I, I always felt good. I just didn't feel good with with one person, you know, with one you know, one person made it a little different. And so um it was difficult. And so I felt a little on the outside looking in and we lived on Lake, uh, Lake uh, Kiwi for, you know, a couple of years afterwards. Then we moved up to Simpsonville you know, for four years or so. And then we just, we moved in a little closer to Greenville for the last uh, year and a half, uh, you know, and a couple of years. So it's, it's, it's been, it's been good. I like it up here. It's been, you know, you can, things and follow things from a distance but at the same time have your space and so it's difficult if i looked closer i'd probably be around that baseball field you know too much <laughs> 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 or, a lot, or a lot more
0: <laughs> what was it like when you put the uniform back on for the first time
1: oh, and, yeah, and when you put, of, you put a pair of clemson pants on and put on the white you know shoes and you know Put the gear on and a hat, Clemson baseball hat. It's just, you know, you feel like you're 20, and that's exactly how I feel every time I put a pair of pants on. I feel like a little kid ready to play and ready to ready to compete, and um, that's the way I've felt for 40 plus years, and that's exactly how I feel now. It doesn't feel any different when you put those same put those pants on, man. It's like, oh, you know, I can't wear a jersey. So, you know, it's, you're not a coach, but you can put a pair of pants on. You can be at practice or you can put a pair of pants on, be at the game and, you know, still just do your thing. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, I guess I won't have the seven jersey on <laughs> at any point. But at the same time, it's just uh, it's just nice to be able to, you know, to feel like you're a baseball player again.
0: Wait a minute you can't you can wear pants you can wear baseball pants, but not a yeah. jersey Does that not sum up where we are with the NCAA play and what in the uh, world
1: well, i guess you know you're just not a you're just not a full time coach and uh or a part time coach you know you just you know you have a different role, and so i guess it's uh you know um you know you got ben paulson you got uh Phil Paul, there are in different roles as well it's they're kind of like you know you know I don't know exactly what you know what what they can and cannot do. I know they can't you know go out and field and coach and that kind of thing as well, um you know, they can administer a drill and and so forth, but um so let's say you know it's 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 just a little different that way, but it's no big deal, it's just the way it is,
0: so you're wearing like a pullover or something, yeah, mhm-. With softball, the presence of softball, is that a competitor to baseball? There are lots of older, you know, senior citizen types who traditionally have gotten season tickets to baseball games. Now here comes softball, and it's, oh, my God, it's two hours every time. We don't have to sit out there for four, you know, sometimes four-plus hours. Is that what, – what, what is that dynamic like in your, in, in, in your eyes as, as, I don't know
1: – Obviously got a really good coaching staff and a really good uh, and successful softball program. And I think it's great for the school. It's great for the, you know, facility is awesome. And they, they've been playing very well and they got a really good program going. So I don't look at anything but but a positive, but you know, I don't, you know, baseball is still baseball. You know, if you love baseball and you grew up around it, then baseball is still going to be baseball. And so I, I don't know, You know, what the season tickets are, what the, the, you know, crowd numbers are, and that kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not all involved in all that, but I, baseball is still baseball. Clemson baseball is still Clemson baseball. It's still a good brand of baseball to watch. So I, I I would assume we're still going to have the, still the following that you, that you want to have. And you have two things that that go well, two W's. Yeah. Winning, winning and weather. Those two (laughs) things. Those two things <laughs> would bring people to the ballpark.
0: <laughs> Does baseball in general need to do more to make it a speed things along a little bit?
1: Well, they're doing some, there's this 10 second rule between pitches and, you know, get on the mound and 10 seconds, getting that in the batter's box and all that kind of thing. They're trying to do everything they can to speed it up and. So I think you know I think it's heading the right direction. I, you know that everybody will get used to this rule, these rules, and and uh, I'm all for speed game up and you know make it go a little bit faster than it has sometimes. So I, it's, it's I think it's all all be positive once everybody gets used to it.
0: And it sounds like you you're, you're you've developed a reputation for predicting big innings so far uh, in the dugout.
1: How'd you, how'd you hear that? What
0: that was in the article, in the Post and Courier article. article.
1: I you know, I it just happens to be you know you have this feel sometimes and you just want to spread a positive vibe and you make the kids believe and and so it's happened a few times you know to, to a few times so maybe I need to do it more often.
0: <laughs> so you predicted a couple of the big innings against uh, Binghamton and Charlotte, I guess
1: right and just happen to just happen to say the right thing at the right time but you know in the end the players players the ones that got to do it but i think it just sometimes it gives them oh okay yeah he believes we can do this we can do it and you know and and eric's really good about that too he makes them believe they can do anything so it's it's it's, it's, it comes from it comes from him as well
0: is there going to be something on the schedule is there something already where they're going to showcase honor honor your tenure and, and have a celebration of that or is that still in the works or, or during a game i guess i should say
1: you know that's something you have to ask gram about Graham about i i i had been told something was going to happen this spring i just i just you know i haven't been told since that time but you know that that's something you'd have to ask him about
0: well, Jack, I don't know if there's anything else on your mind, but you've been very generous with your time. Um well,
1: Always, Larry, no problem. It's always good talking to you. I look forward to seeing you sometime. Yeah, hope you,
0: know. you get the W the weather W tonight. First of all, hope you all are able to get it in, so
1: <laughs> well, even if it's not a good weather W, we need the other W. We're gonna figure out we're gonna figure out how to make it work, even if the conditions are a little rough. But I think they'll end up playing sports all over tonight. You know, they get tarp on the field and You know, as long as it clears up. Uh, So we'll see. I I guess, that again, I'm not involved in that, whether that happens or not. So that's, you know, the the baseball office, I'm sure they're talking about that. I'm headed down there pretty soon, so I'll find out more about it.
0: Okay. The always interesting Jack Leggett about a decidedly interesting situation here with him coming back to his old program. Be interested to see how long this lasts after hearing, hearing what he had to say in this interview. Appreciate him giving us so much of his time during a busy time. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, of course. And most of all, thanks to every one of you for hitting that play button. Everybody have a great weekend. Cheers.